yeah, I took jobs at restaurants. You take jobs, you know, doing this, doing that, tutoring, something that you might find is, oh, you know what? I have a little gift here uh, or I want to practice this social skill, maybe get more out there. Go for it. Don't worry about what will happen next. Maybe for a season, maybe for three months, maybe for six months, you'll do that well. You'll get some cash flow and then another door will open. But, you know, there is a time to sit and do nothing. And then there's a time to sometimes throw yourself and you'll get the hit. You know, you'll get the hit. What is the premise of purpose? Why are we here? And how do some people make so much impact in their lifetime while others exist on autopilot? This is where we explore all things revolutionary in business, mindset, and your everyday life. I'm Anna Graybow, your host and business mentor, here to help you discover your purpose and learn how you can start living it every single day. Today, we have Sarah Daoud, a Well Coaches certified personal health and wellness coach, as well as a graduate from Stanford University, earning her BA in human biology and an MA in religious studies. She is a certified yoga instructor and Vipassana meditation practitioner, both for 17 years. Sarah is also a trained mindfulness facilitator from UCLA's Mark and Semmel Institute of Neuroscience. Her sincere passion and gift for listening and providing healing to those suffering from all walks of life has allowed her to coach hundreds of individuals with a variety of mental health, trauma, and addiction issues. So welcome, Sarah. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much, Anna. It's a pleasure to be here. So I'm really excited for everyone to meet you because you have such an interesting story in your life. So tell us a little bit about your background and who you are and where you come from. Sure. So originally I'm from Afghanistan, but I was born and raised in Los Angeles. Um, my family is very involved in helping their community, the Afghan community, and they've done a lot of humanitarian work for their people, for our people. And I was kind of brought up with those values to be mindful of those who are suffering, to always remember your roots and what you come from and to recognize that we're all interconnected in this struggle. And it's influenced me to give back to my people as well. In high school, I started a club called Change for Children and collected pennies to try to deliver goods like new headscarves, soccer balls and things to children from the tribes that I'm from in the southern region of Afghanistan. And then I went on to just study and deepen my knowledge to help those here in my immediate community. Beautiful. And what do you do today? What do you, you know, what are you passionate about? Sure. So currently I'm a mindfulness coach and kind of a spiritual counselor. I'm also an artist and I make sort of R&B soul, neo soul music. And I try to use all these modalities to help bring healing, shift people's energy and bring clarity to people's life, help them in, get in touch with their own inner wisdom to find the answers they're looking for. So how did you start your spiritual journey and this sort of healing journey? Well, I was very fortunate to come from a family who was very just moderate and, and relaxed in their spiritual practices. And I got into many Sufi practices. And from there growing up, when I went to college, I explored 
the physical sciences, biology, but I, I noticed there was a lack of awareness around a creator and around sort of the glue that makes all these pieces really come together that in my opinion is the unseen. And so I was studying all these material processes, the biological sciences, physical sciences, but something was lacking for me. So I kind of went into the metaphysical sciences, philosophy, the ancient traditions um, in the world. And I really found that they have all these different codes to talk about this energy that is helping to move things. And I noticed how people are really looking for that energy in themselves or around them. And I wanted to help people heal the pain that was coming up, but from a deeper level. Yes. And I find that our listeners are also very interested in the energy and the spiritual. How do you feel like that is supposed to mesh with the physical? Because I feel like it's easy to get caught up in the physical or caught up in the spiritual, but how do you integrate the two? Well, I really think that it is a balancing act. You know, there's always a saying, you're in the world, but not of the world. So you're recognizing that everything has cause and effect, what you eat, what you read, what you're exposed to to does end up affecting your inner energy when you take a moment and you assess how you're feeling. So it's just becoming more of an observer of yourself, of your mind, of your sensations, of your body, and starting to connect the dots and say, well, doing that leads to this. If I don't like how that feels, how can I shift? What do I do to shift on the outer layer so that that inner layer can be felt at a lighter kind of softer level, I would say. Yes. And today you have your own business, you coach people, you're able to do amazing things and be your own boss in that way. So what would you say to someone who is looking to go in that sort of life path? I would say what's really important is first to write down and get clear about your ideals, your visions, your values. What are you really looking to give to others. I think a lot of times we're looking to get and receive. And I understand that that's a very human natural thing, but the funny caveat kind of Jedi mind trick about it is that you want to first ask what you want to give. And from there, I think you will start to see your path, get signs and, and sort of sign posts will come up. So writing down what you would want to give, what, what is, what is making you feel alive day to day? Is it certain types of conversation? Is it certain types of movement or activity? Is it a certain type of place or a type of person being around that? And then I think you can start to narrow down what your specific business or function would be. Yeah. I love that question of what makes you feel alive because I remember when I was going through my own crossroads, I quit ballet and I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And the question I asked myself was what makes me happy, but it's really the same question. It's like, what makes you feel alive and purposeful? And I think that is the workaround of how to give to people. Cause the funny thing is, is that when you feel you're most alive, it's usually when we're giving to someone mm -hmm. else. Uh, mm -hmm. But if people are in struggle, they're only thinking about what they need. So that's, that's such a good workaround there for you. Did you ever experience times where you were afraid of what you were doing or moving through? And how did you get over that? Yeah. I would say often, mm -hmm. often I'm moving through fear. 
often I'm discerning the energy of that, which is of me, but not of me, if that makes sense. Because I think to say that you finally discover who you are and what you're doing and then poof, you're, you're, you've arrived. I don't think that's realistic. And so I'm dealing with fear often, but how I move through it now is that I see it come up. I notice the messages. I confront the messages. I shed light on those messages. I write those messages down. I sit with that discomfort. And then funny enough, what's unreal starts to dissolve. What's false dissolves. And what's true to you, what's true to your soul rises to the surface and it gets stronger and louder or your day just unfolds with those things that are real and true to you to come up in your experience. So it's, it's a daily ritualistic process, I would say, working with fear. And I don't ever know if it's fully overcome. I hear you. No, I know. I mean, I feel like you've spent so much time clearly working on it and developing a relationship with the fear so that right. you don't have to run from it, but it's your friend and you know how to deal with it. But for some people, they might only just be in the beginning of their awareness journey. And fear is very much a threat as it appears, right? Even though it's not, we can work with it. But if someone is feeling like a deer in headlights with the fear, what are like the baby steps towards starting to work with it? Mm, That's really nice. I think that the baby steps include starting to become conscious that fear is here, fear is present. It is, it is something that is, you're noticing in, a, in your life, there's a theme, there's a pattern going on. You're feeling stifled. You're feeling stuck. You're feeling avoidant. You're feeling repressed and making that known to yourself as the first layer. And then we're putting a welcome mat out to that and saying, I'm okay with you being here. And through that, maybe it takes days, hours, weeks, months, you start to disarm it. And within that, I think that having rituals can be really powerful to break it apart. So for example, waking up and having a morning routine, whether that's sitting in meditation or prayer or writing or having your cup of tea in nature quiet having certain kind of discipline helps this fear to be like, oh, whoa, I tremble in the face of this solidity, this this groundedness, this anchoredness, yoga, movement, going on walks. It starts to make the fear like sort of normalized and it moves it. It moves it through the body. So I would say people need to just start to welcome it, start to take care of their daily life creating daily rituals and some routines that make the fear less pervasive in your every moment. Yeah, definitely. I think just talking about that whole daily life thing, for me, it was checking in with myself throughout the day, all day, every day, because I think we're just used to going on autopilot and we don't listen to ourselves all the time, you know? That's absolutely right. You're, you're right that it's hourly. It's minute by minute and you check in, you know, this is, this is why in some traditions they have prayer, you know, five times a day, or they have their morning sit, their evening sit, because they know that so much illusion and delusion comes up in the mind and you have to check it. 
You have to come back to center and practice learning what center is. And the beautiful thing is to be off balance, to be in fear, to deal with darker energy or the devil. It helps you know what is your center. It helps you know what is balanced. So we want to welcome that shadow because it's exactly the path to get you to the light. Beautiful. And what is the light in your eyes? Like, what is that space of, of peace and happiness and love? And what is the purpose of it? Mm, I love it. I think that, I think that the light is exactly what the light is. It's powerful. It's beautiful. It's expansive. It's delicate. It's, it can be subtle, but it could also be strong. Um, I think every person has a different experience of that light, but I will say that certain attributes such as kindness, such as humility, such as respectfulness, I think that that makes you more aware that you're walking in the light. And so for me, it's, there's something inexplicable about it, but there's something kind of embodied about it. You know, you have to feel, you have to feel everything in reality and keep letting go and feeling again and then letting go and feeling again. I think that's just presence, just the presence. So in your opinion, what do you think our purpose is here? I think our purpose is to become aware that we have light, love, and then share, give, um, connect, serve, be in unity with others and help others see that they have that light. They have that love. They have the eternal essence inside them just as much as you do. And that we are in a world of thingness and illusion and delusion, and we don't have to traverse it alone. And the real food, the real wealth is within each other's connection and being there for one another. And all other material things get figured out. They get, they come in waves, they come and go. But I think that that's what we're here to do is to talk about this, connect on this and uplift each other toward it. Yeah. And I think too, that the more we talk about it and the more we think about it ourselves, it affects other people. That was something that I loved about when we met up for coffee, you know, in Malibu face to face, I felt that you were someone who often connected to that light because you were already open to speaking about those things in a first meeting. You know, usually when you're with people, there's a certain mask you have up and you have to, you know, prove yourself in some way, but it showed that those of us who genuinely have a clear idea of why we're here and we get together, everyone can live in that space. You know what I'm saying? The more we do it. So, yes. yes. And I think that's part of that lifting that mask is being able to talk about it, you know, being able to say, you know, I believe in God. I believe in the light. I believe in love. Let's, let's stop having to do, you know, gymnastics around this and, and be clear. And maybe we don't understand each other. Maybe we have different lingo and languages and codes and traditions and cultures, but I think that we can connect and still speak and feel and laugh and cry together, you know, and, and there's a lot of misunderstanding out there and there's a lot of misinformation. 
And it's up to us to start to reclaim that truth of our, I think our unity and our sameness more than our difference. Agreed. So let's say you're working with someone. Let's talk about your work that you're doing right now. I know you work with a lot of people with mental health issues, some addiction. Um, Is there something that you see across the board that everyone is sort of suffering with? Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think that that's a great question. When I really look at it, I think that people don't feel comfortable don't feel comfortable in their skin and don't feel comfortable claiming this, this physical body and what there's occurring in it as a, as a home, as a safe place. And there's, there's, there's the disconnection of the mental, the physical, the emotional and the spiritual occurring. And it's causing people to lose that sense of, Oh, I'm, I'm here. I'm always going to be at home in this body. What I'm looking for is not out there with that over there. I can't solve and figure things out. I'm okay with this being how it's feeling. So I think that's one thing that I really see, especially with addiction is the desire to feel something else which yeah. is to, to, to want to escape, to want to escape. That is such a good point because I think that's the thing that everyone sort of realizes when they walk on this path is that you have to first be comfortable with yourself and being yourself and being in your body. Cause it really is our vehicle. And if we're, you know, trying to push away our own vehicle, we're going to just have a bunch of turmoil as we go about in our days. So what do you think the cure is? like on a basic level for us to start to feel at home in our bodies. I mean, clearly it's all the things we know, like nutrition and exercise and breathing and time by ourselves. But what do you think about when you're not feeling home in your body? Yeah, I think that the real key is to be kind. I think that's the the real essence of every thing we're going through is learning to accept ourselves and love ourselves, which means we're building a certain type of relationship with ourselves that's unlike any relationship we have. And maybe you had it modeled to you with a mother or a father or a brother or sister or or a mentor. But even if you've had it modeled to you on the outside, can you learn to connect with empathy to your own suffering? Can you learn to connect with your own negative thought process or negative resistant emotion or difficult emotion or despair or emptiness with a sense of, it's okay, I'm with you, I hear you. So I think that kindness is is the real main ingredient for things starting to shift. Yeah. And where do you see your work going in the future? Where are more places you want to venture into or things you want to start doing? I, I would love to, you know, be there for people in all, all types of scenarios. It's, it's hard to say, but I think the medical field is one area where you're seeing a lot of disease and illness, and you're seeing a lot of despair and rejection of yourself because you've been diagnosed, you've been labeled, you, you have a physical appearance 
occurring and, and shifting. And I'd love to help people process and deal with that inner negativity in that field. I'd love to also just share joyousness and, you know, share music and allow people to become light and have fun. And I think the rhythm of music is very helpful for people to get in touch with their lighter side, their more fun side, their free side. So some of it, I want to do some serious stuff, I think, (laughs) but also some fun stuff. And it's, it's hard to say. I also like to just be open to what I'm being called to, you know, and let that come to fruition. I trust the process. I trust the process. It's really not easy at times. There are difficult moments where you don't have answers. It's very unknown, but I I've welcomed that a lot more and and things turn out. Okay. Amazing. And something I found too, is that whenever I've worked on you know, getting the physical to a certain place where you feel safe, it's easier to tune into those good things. Um, Mm -hmm. So for people who are still struggling with feeling safe in the physical and, you know, building your own business brings up a lot of fear and things about physical safety, feeding yourself, paying bills, all these realistic things. Um, How did you manage some of those very real struggles? Hmm. That's a very good question. I think it's a very step-by-step process and I think it's a totally unique journey for each individual, but I will say that, you know, nothing substitutes. And I really learned this, the shortcuts, the fast route, it doesn't get you to where you're really trying to go. And, you know, my younger self was so quick, was so fast, was so wired for speed. I mean, in every which way from my dance style to my talking style, to my listening style, to how I achieved at school and high. And I always wanted things to happen now fast. And God said, universe said, no, you are going to go at the pace I want you to go to, because I'm trying to build something that I see fit for you. And when I surrendered more, my ego suffered less, the resistance suffered less. So yeah, I took jobs at restaurants. You take jobs, you know, doing this, doing that, tutoring, something that you might find is, oh, you know what? I have a little gift here, uh, or I want to practice this social skill, maybe get more out there. Go for it. Don't worry about what will happen next. Maybe for a season, maybe for three months, maybe for six months, you'll do that well, you'll get some cash flow, and then another door will open. But, you know, there is a time to sit and do nothing. And then there's a time to sometimes throw yourself and you'll get the hit, you know, you'll get the hit. This is so good. I know. I love this because Oh, I feel like everyone, when they have the idea to build a business, they just want it now. They see it. Oh, they want it. And for me, I've found as well that I'm realizing, wow, okay, it's about the long-term gain. There's, you know, how you're putting yourself out there in the world, your reputation for how you build things. And those things don't happen overnight. If if you made it happen overnight, it wouldn't be stable. So the more I've leaned into really allowing things to come together naturally and build over time, 
the easier it's been to bring resources and things like that in. So that is such an important thing to say. I think it's easy for everyone's ego to get in the way sometimes and to say, hey, I see this person doing this. I know I'm capable. Um, but yeah, taking those jobs and other ways of supporting yourself while you're building things that you're really passionate about are so important. Um, so thank you for that. Yes. And there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with trying this, trying that. There's nothing wrong with being multiple things. Um, and I know our society is really strong in telling you to choose your profession, choose your career, and that's who you are. But it truly isn't your identity and your errors, your missteps. You know, talking about reputation, I also want people to not get caught in building a reputation because there's also danger in that. Then you have something to really have to protect, right? And, and when you start to protect, you get back into fear. So how do we stay free, you know, inside and trust that, honestly, we don't know what our expiration date is, any of us, and we all have the same fate. And so if you can judge yourself a little less, you might put yourself out there more. And I hope that people can quiet quiet the voices that are hurting them. I love that so much. And if someone wants to work with you, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? I think the best way to get in touch with me is to email me mm-hmm. um, at Sarah at gmail.com. And I'll definitely return your email very promptly and we can schedule a session or if there's a workshop, if there's a group you'd like me to run at a facility, either way, I have kind of dynamic ways I work with people. I love that. And is there anything else that you want to share with everyone today? I want to share that you are a really wonderful light and that I'm really glad to be here with you. And it's people like you who give people like me hope and who make things make sense is by having the space and giving people the space to speak and share their voice. I think that's a huge gift you're giving to others. So thank you for that. And just to others, I want to say to move step by step and keep breathing, keep feeling and keep trusting. Thank you, Sarah. I just want to give you a hug. (laughs) I I want to give you a hug. Oh, that's so sweet. I love chatting with you and I love that you are so dedicated to trying to help people get their best lives and not in an over the top kind of way, but in a genuine, pure way, thinking about what actually helps them. So it's so lovely having you on and thank you for sharing your knowledge. Thank you so much, Anne. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to our show. It was a pleasure having you and we truly hope that it helps you find and live your purpose.